The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. All right, so like here's an example. Courtney uh, tweeted the the uh, quote. Uh, Courtney wrote, when he returned to practice on November 3rd, Justin Fields said he felt a little bit of pain when gripping the ball. Two weeks later, Fields said there's still a little bit of healing left, but the thumb feels stable. It's not 100%, but it feels good. You know, he talked today about how it was taped and then he had a glove over it, but then he, he wasn't comfortable with the glove. Like, he's still trying to work all this stuff out. That That concerns me. When you've got to get a clean evaluation on him, he's still like there it's are not no, ideal. No, like there there are no thumb injuries on a quarterback's throwing hand that ever really completely heal. Yes, even after you're medically cleared, that probably doesn't happen till after the season. I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Maybe he is out there and and you know looks almost normal or looks normal. Or you may see there are times when he when he struggles. I think the only chance you're really going to... You got to play to find out, you know? Here's a couple of tweets. This is how different things are. I, I tweeted, you know how this is. We've been here together through it all. We were here during Mitch, too. Here during Cuddy. Like, argued about Cuddy. Argued about Mitch. Arguing about Justin. It's why I long for a day when we all love, love the quarterback. Yeah. It's, it's my dream. It's my Chicago sports dream. One day in the city where we all love the quarterback, or at least 90 to 95 percent of us. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's something I think we all yearn for, for um, sure. Uh, so Hoops tweets, I, 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 I asked the question, what do you want to see? Like, what, what will be your measurement for winning polls over? What do you want to see specifically from Justin Fields? Hoops says the, the same thing we wanted to see at the beginning of the year. Be on time. Recognize NFL Open versus NCAA Open. Be accurate. Command the offense. Get through progressions. Don't stare down receivers. I think it's fair. And then my guy Doc Bell, he played at Southern. He was our starting shooting guard, um, Tyrone Bell, on our SIU team that made it to the NCAA tournament under uh, Rich Heron. He played at Evanston. He was a Wildcat. Nice. Great basketball player. He's down in Miami now. He's a huge Justin Fields fan. He says, here's what he wants to see. He wants to count the days in the calendar until the season ends, and he can and Justin can move to a competent franchise. I think there are a lot of people that feel that Justin will be a significantly better player in a different environment if that's the direction it goes. Yeah. And, and look, I would never suggest that that is a... a you know, an outrageous statement. He may find it, you know, different players find a, a better home elsewhere sometimes. I, again, I thought you laid it out perfect when you described it, and what you described was cleaner play. Fewer turnovers, fewer taken sacks that are a direct result of how you play the position in the pocket, not your left tackle getting absolutely bulldozed back into your lap. That's not a you problem, that's a him problem but a, a cleaner performance. And I thought the one thing that you said that resonates most with me as well is step up your game in the fourth quarter. If you are going to be a true difference maker in this league, regardless of your position, we need to see your best in crunch time. And I think it's something that we've talked about in the past. And whether it was Dan Weeder or I think in the past wrote an article, I think Courtney's done some really good research on this. Tyler, I asked Tyler at the break, and I said, listen, can you, on, on 
with using your suggestion that he needs to be better in the fourth quarter when it's time to win games and you're learning to win games. I asked Tyler in his career, can you give me his career stats in the fourth quarter? And again, I will use this as my disclaimer. I never blame everything completely on him, nor do I blame everything on the offensive coordinator or the lack of talent around him. I've been a huge proponent or believer, just me, that this has been a shared culpability issue, that nobody has done their job well enough. So that when the offensive coordinator may dial some stuff up nicely, the quarterback isn't feeling the pocket correctly or working the pocket correctly. And sometimes when the quarterback's in a rhythm, maybe the coordinator doesn't call the right plays. Maybe a receiver drops a pass. You get what I'm saying? Sure. At, at the end of the day, these guys have all taken turns making mistakes, which has led to them being a very mediocre crew to be generous. So in the fourth quarter in his career... Justin has a 57% completion percentage, 10 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, a quarterback rating of 64.5. He's been sacked 27 times in that stretch. Is that in, in his entire touchdowns. career? I believe, Tyler, is this for his yeah, entire, those are his those entire, entire career, career numbers? numbers. Like, and, and like, some people think that when you bring stuff up that you're being too critical. Like, People are, are criticizing Trevor Lawrence in his play recently. People are talking about Josh Allen. It's and, and like, like Josh Allen needs to get better. Josh Allen is a top five quarterback in the NFL. He has a turnover he problem right to, now. Yeah, he has to get better. Yes. Josh Allen has to be better. So for somebody who's trying to get that second contract, someone who's trying to get the uh, general manager who did not draft him to believe in him, to pick up a fifth-year option and get the next contract and to pass Drafting a quarterback with the number one overall pick and arguably the best quarterback draft since two thousand whatever it was four whatever the last yeah. good that great quarterback draft was. It it why is it unfair to ask for more? It's not. The simple answer is it's not. Anybody that tells you it is is they've got a a dog in the hunt, which is fine. We all have a dog in the hunt. Well, yes, we're the but, we're Bears fans. We right. all have a like that's that's what bear, drives me crazy. Bear, we have a we bear. Have a in bear the hunt. We have a bear in the hunt. Yes, but again, whether you're being evaluated by the Chicago Bears or you're being evaluated by the New England Patriots, regardless of who's evaluating you, these numbers are significant to them. They want to know why. I, I see the explosive plays. I see the the upside. Have I seen enough of it? Have I seen enough good consistently? And then they want to know why do we have 115 sacks taken, 27 interceptions, nine fumbles, and the numbers in the fourth quarter are, are pretty depressing. Now, again, if you're being fair, the answer is he hasn't been surrounded with a lot of talent. Maybe the, he has been in a precarious situation with regard to play calling at times. And he also has made some significant mistakes himself. And you put it all together, and it's the reason why this team has six wins in the last two years. And the only signature win they have is the San Francisco 49ers in week one of last year that was played in a monsoon. You show me another signature win for this team and for, for, for him. Yeah. Like you go, this it is why this I'm weekend. saying, yeah. go to Detroit. Beat the Lions, who are leading your division in their building where they are even more explosive than they are on the road outplay their quarterback or find a way to win and as a coach put in a great game plan go toe-to-toe with ben johnson and your scheme and your players go out there and out 
outplay his scheme and his players. That's how you get people to change their minds. If you go to Detroit and they get their doors blown off, or not even they get their doors blown off, if they get beat 30 to 17, but it's, it's, it's all Lions. You know what I mean? Maybe the Bears score a late touchdown to even cut it from 30 to 7 to 30 and 30 to 14 or 30 to 17. We're, we're going to be right back into, you know, wringing hands and gnashing teeth. If they go up there and compete and compete or beat them, as the good kid has predicted, now we're having a different conversation on Monday. This is the simple, you know, the, 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 the simple concept that I talk about all the time. You want us to talk differently about you? Force us to talk differently about you. Change the narrative by your play, by your coaching. You, know, you can't go up there and commit five turnovers and eight or nine penalties. You have to be clean. You have to be cleaner than a team that is actually more talented than you. Yep. So the quarterback, the coaching staff, the offensive coordinator, the play calling, they're going to have their offensive line intact. You've got Braxton Jones. You've got Tevin Jenkins at left guard. You've got... Uh, Nate Davis. Uh, you got Nate Davis at right guard. You've got Darnell Wright at right tackle. Right. You got I don't Lucas even talk about, I, don't, I don't talk about the center. Ignore the center. Well, I get yeah, it. Yeah, he's a I ghost. get it. But at the he, very least, yeah. you're probably you going to have four of your five guys. That's fine. But you're the reason why Cody Whitehair is not taking over at center again is because the simple art of getting the ball back to the quarterback was too hard for them. Right. Now, Cody's a better guard than he is a center, but you can't afford to put Justin back there any longer and him have to worry about a snap. Right, snap gymnastics. Correct. Justin should not have to perform that. It's hard enough. This is an opportunity for all of you. Go to Detroit and change the way everyone feels about you. Of course, of course. Carl's on the south side. Carl, you're on ESPN 1000. What's on your mind? Well, I do agree with what you said earlier, uh, Sylvie, when you said that it's more of a coaching situation than a player situation. But I just hark back to Justin Fields' first game as a starter in Cleveland. I was there. It was a total of 51 yards for the Bears and 409 for Cleveland because they wouldn't protect him. He was sacked nine times, pressured like 30 times or what have you. I mean, it, it happened earlier this season as well, and when he has 12 personnel he's able to move, things are a lot better. So I really think it has a lot more to do with the selection of play calling and things like that, and just his overall career. You gave up the fourth quarter stats. He hasn't had opportunity to do anything but throw three screens in a row earlier this year, which turned into an interception pick six touchdown. Um, I think he needs to have more and better plays called for him, basically. Would you also say, though, Carl, it's fair to expect him to play better at times as well? Oh, it's definitely fair to um, – have him play better, but, you know, even Sylvie's made mention, when you're shocked like that in your first game and repeatedly being hit as much as he was last year, it takes a toll on you, and only someone strong and only someone mentally capable will be able to accomplish the things that he's being able to accomplish. So if you allow him to use his big arm, allow him to have 12 personnel and protection, allow him to do the things he does well from the beginning, the same kind of offense that Bajan ran earlier this year, um, even Yurko was was saying earlier, don't do any rollouts. But when Bajan rolled out to the left, he had a blocker, Cole Komet, right in front of him blocking for him. But when Justin rolled out to the left earlier this year, he had to dodge guys to throw touchdowns, dodge guys to run for first downs. So it's all about the play selection and how you protect him and allow him to be a great player. 
What do you think, Why? I, I think that they've Thanks also call. called the same play where he rolls right or he rolls left and they bring the tight end with you to seal so that he can get outside. That's not a call that's only made for Tyson. Those calls have been made for, for Justin as well. Um, again, I'm not trying to paint you a picture that he, he has been belt, uh, dealt a bad hand in a lot of different ways. But again, what do the... What do the, the, the really good players do? They succeed even in the face of adversity. I'm not telling you that he needs to look like Patrick Mahomes, but he can't look the way he has, even if the situation is a, an adverse situation. He's got be, to be better. He's got to play better. He's got to play cleaner. You know, some of the mistakes are on him. How many times have we said that this, a lot of times the sacks are a re- direct result of, of, of him, him not, not moving in the pocket correctly? And, and, not hold, and he holds on to the ball. He got too hurt long. because of that. Look, I, I'm interested in seeing the sack numbers. The, again, Bajan was sacked four times. Was that all because of the way they protected Bajan? Or was that a lot because he gets one, two, three, four, out? One, two, you know what I mean? One, two, three, out. He's not. He, Justin's better. Justin's a better quarterback, of course. But Tyson Bajan gets the ball out quicker, and will 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 Justin realize that, or will we hear Thayer yell, "Throw it"? Well, this is where I'm saying, like, as you documented when we started the show, is like you, you've got to be sacked less. You've got to have fewer mistakes. You got to turn it over fewer times. Like these are all things that he can control to a certain degree. It's what drives me crazy because he's got the he's got all the gifts. He's got the arm. He's got the athleticism. He's got the smarts. He, you know, he, but it, the processing in real time on game day is just, it's not where it should be. It's got to be cleaner. You got to play a cleaner game. Uh, Scott and Carol Stream, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Scott? How you guys doing? We're good. Good, good. Um, so my thing is, so I'll start off with, I'm an Ohio State fan. You know, insert joke there. But so I would love to see Justin succeed. But I think, you know, Tommy, I think you just said it right. If the talent is there, the talent would show up. And you had the three to four years, you had the different coaches, different offensive coordinators. That's fine. But I think if the talent's there, he's going to show up and play. And it just hasn't yet. So let him go. Don't get him to the extension. Don't get the fifth year option. Let him go. Reset. The receivers hasn't, haven't been there. The offensive line hasn't been there. But at that point, let him go. I just don't think it's going to show up because if the talent was there, even with the lack of receivers or offensive line, he would make something happen. And it just hasn't showed up yet. I, look, there's no, so rush, you, there's, there's no rush to do anything right now. He's your starting quarterback. He plays the next seven games. I hope he stays healthy and has an opportunity to show you what he can do with the full complement of throws and his thumb isn't bothering him. That's my hope for him. There's no rush. You don't have to make a decision right now. Like This is what this year was all about. I said to you when I put my most 10 most important Bears list together, the most important concept again this year was the play of the quarterback and them having to make that decision for the long term as to whether or not he's your answer. That, to me, was the most important yes issue facing this team i just want everyone like to again fairly even if you do even if you're the biggest justin fan watch him the way you watch caleb williams watch him the way you watch drake may watch him the way you watch tyson bajant like do it fairly and like someone said in the twitch chat and i was going to bring bring this out, uh, out too and i mentioned this yesterday pringle 24 says texans have less talent than the bears yeah um it, I, I mentioned this to you yesterday the Texans 
towards the end of the year, and they only won three games overall, I think, they were 112 and one at one point. That was, that their cupboard was not full. They hired D'Amico Ryan's first-time head coach, defensive guy. They hired Bobby Slowick Jr. Never called San Francisco. Never huh? called a play. It was yep. with Ryan's there in San Francisco, and they don't have a lot of name guys there. There's one guy that you would say is head and shoulders in their offensive huddle above ours, and that's Laramie Tunsil, right, their left right. tackle. And, and this it. year he was out, I think, yes. an excessive amount of games, and they played a bunch of combos. If Fields was there, would we all be cursing out Bobby Slowick and D'Amico Ryan's the same way? And is it Stroud who's elevating everybody? Or does he really have it much better with the Texans? You know what I'm saying? Like this, the, the, the Texans were a joke. David Culley was their joke two years ago. Lovey was a stopgap for one year. And they had a joke of a president. Their owner has been made fun of. Guys who have been uh, famous players there have left the organization because they were run out away. And they went out and they drafted a quarterback, number two, who, by the way, they didn't want. They wanted the other one. They wanted uh, Bryce Young. They brought him in and they're five and four. Now, is that because of the surroundings or is the, that because the quarterback has elevated everyone with him. Well, even if you believe that he's in a much better situation with a play caller and a and a player developer, it's still largely because C.J. Stroud is providing answers to questions on game day. He's making throws to guys who you probably not you, but the average fan doesn't even know who it is. So you you, you know the answer to your question is is again it's a combination of things. But the player himself, I think, has the greatest impact on how you feel about him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chad in Minnesota, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Chad? Hey, guys. Um, if there's any ounce of doubt that Fields is not the guy, don't you agree that we have to move on and reset? I, I think so. Look, we talk, Chad, we talked yesterday a lot about Stroud and about if you would do it over. I think the best thing about the Stroud narrative is not about what you could have done a year ago, it's what you should do in the future. Yeah. That if you get it right, look at everything that it could change. So I, I don't think that necessarily we should be wanting do-overs, that we should just use it as a learning lesson, that once you do get the right guy, how it could completely change a 1-12 in team, and you could be right there in some sort of a race in one year's time. Um, we're not winning a Super Bowl till we get an absolute stud franchise quarterback. We have the opportunity presented in front of us for a chance of that with these two quarterbacks coming out. I just think, I just think there's too many question marks with Fields. And you know what? Another thing is, him not being on the field is a huge part of his evaluation. The last time he got hurt is because he does not read defenses and process things clearly, and that really concerns me. Well, again, like I said, you got seven weeks to change people's minds. It's not, it's not important in what we think. It's what, what they think up at Hallis Hall. Mm-hmm. If he comes out and he's dynamic and he's doing simple things better and he's playing cleaner, he's going to catch their attention up yeah, there. And if yeah. you do it in consecutive weeks and then a third week and then a fourth week and now you're winning games because of how your quarterback is performing, 
Trust me, they'll change their tune up right. there. We'll all say, whoa, 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 whoa. Yes. Well, look at what he's yes. done. Look at what he's done. Uh, space in Plainfield. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Space? Waddle, silly. What's up, guys? How you feeling? It's good, good. to hear from I usually hear you uh, with cap and hoodie. Oh, man, I started a new job. I'm back to doing electrician work, so I'm outside all day. You're day I late. I, just, I had an electrician over yesterday at the house. He actually uh, he used a ladder. And he was changing a couple of light bulbs, and he screwed up my couch. It left a stain on our couch <laughs> because he had the ladder too close to the couch. Oh, and then they screwed up my couch. Can you believe that? Well, you would never uh, do that, Space, would you? Never. You need to call me next time. I got you. I got you. You got to well, get a professional known a day, a day. Well, he was a pro. <laughs> He's just a little sloppy with his work. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, you know what? I- I'll tell you this, guys. First thing you guys said um, – you mentioned the Texans. I, I, my big thing about the Texans and and what we have here in Chicago is the Texans have a leader of men. You know what I'm saying? D'Amico Ryans, yeah, he was a first-time head coach, but he, he has a personality. He has a voice. He's not afraid to call people out. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's the leader of men. We don't have that here in Chicago. I mean, just to get anything from Fluce, it, I mean, Fluce be confused. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's a, it's the craziest thing. you got an opportunity to say things and – it's just, you know, just beating around the bush with everything. So I think it starts there. You know, you need a, a competent head coach that's going to keep everybody uh, at bay, that's going to actually hold people accountable for things. So, you know, instead of, you know, just beating around all the time. So I think it starts there. But then when it comes to Justin, I, I agree. I, I watch him so analytically now. You know, I, I watch him and I analyze what's going on. And I love Justin. I'm a big fan. I do agree that he has to play better, um, but I also agree that the line, this is the first time that Justin might have the, the best offensive line that he played with, you yeah. know, potentially, you know. Um, if Nate Davis is back, we got uh, well, we got a placeholder in Lucas Patrick, but, you know, we got the, got the rookie out there playing pretty good. We got Braxton Jones and Tevin Jenkins. They're all getting back healthy. So with the healthy line, with healthy weapons, I think now you got to produce. Now you have no excuse. So, you know, I'm looking for a better and and a much better game from Justin. But, you know, time will tell. Well, that's space. It's such a good point. It's like, look, it, there have been things that haven't gone his way. Now you're getting a healthy line. Now go out there and play. Go out there and play and change the way everybody mm-hmm. feels. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's all you have to do. I'm, I, I'm, I'd be thrilled if he went out there and all of a sudden he starts to look like Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow. If that happens, guess what? You get to keep your other first-round pick. You get to spend it on something else. Now you have your quarterback of the future. Like yes, we've said that was for, always ideal. We've said for, the, for months now, the most ideal scenario that I can paint you is, is that Justin Fields is your quarterback for years to come. Right. Because he then allows you to use all of your draft trades Trade down, here trade spot. down again, yeah, so, and keep on doing it. And just build that football team. All right, uh, we've got Waddle's World. More of your phone calls coming up. Did you see the baseball news, too? The, about the clock? I, I did see the headline, and I was about to read the body of the article. Okay, so uh, maybe you, co- you can refer that uh, in Waddle's World coming up. Yesterday, we had bigger, shattering news in Waddle's World. Yes. And uh, who knows what we're going to uncover today. It's, uh, it's really uh, a place that you get. It's, it's the new 60 Minutes, if you it's will. It's life-changing. Yes. 
It's Waddle's World, and it's next. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Let's get weird! Let's get weird! Welcome to Waddle's World. Come inside. Let's get weird! Let's get weird! Weird! Get weird! Weird! Get weird! MLB Competition Committee is weighing a proposal that would reduce the pitch clock with runners on base from 20 seconds to 18 next season, aiming to reverse a late-season trend. It saw the average time of game increase by seven minutes. Mm. Major League Baseball's uh, Competition Committee, which includes six members representing teams, four players, and one umpire, heard the proposal to shave the clock as well. I said shave the clock. Uh, as well as cut down Manscaped from five per game to four. Are we getting a little bit too too you know maybe picky about it? I look, look by the end of the year and in the postseason, I didn't notice the pitch I clock. I didn't either. So I, if they want to do, but in the same respect, if they want to do two extra seconds on the when there's runners on. Well, they're not adding it, right? They're reducing, reducing it. Reducing it. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. From 20 to 18. Because in September, it increased by seven minutes. So the problem they had, you know, they were addressing was fixed. Or not fixed, but like. Well, well, how would it go up if if uh, if the pitch clock was the same in April, May, June, July? Well, I think what happened People was. People were taking more time because yes, the I think there was situations an, were more. Yes, I believe there was an adjustment made by pitchers, yeah. and all of a sudden they didn't like the they fact that it was. They were milking the clock yes, more. Well, yes. plus also you get to crunch time when, you know, you're defining who you are as a team trying to get into the postseason in September, right? So maybe your approach is a little bit different than it would be earlier in the year. I didn't have a. I thought Neither they, did I. I, I didn't. thought Major League Baseball did a really nice job with the rules changes this year. And I don't think it's necessary to to, 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 to tweak it again. any further. Yeah, I'm you see, Northwestern is set to give their head coach David Braun uh, the permanent head coaching title. Well, they've shocked me with the amount of wins they have. I've got to be honest with you. I have not paid close attention to the Northwestern Wildcats football team this year, but I am aware that they have exceeded expectations. What do they have? Five. Uh, yeah, they are yes. five and five. Five and five. They're five and five. Well, you get one more win and you're bowl eligible, right? You got to have six well, to get. Technically, you only need five, especially in Northwestern's case, because there's so many bowl games now that after that they start taking all the after all the six win teams are exhausted. They take five win teams, and it's based off of academic progress rate, which Northwestern's always in the top like three of. So it's the teams with the top academic progress rate of five-win team, so they're probably going bowling this year. Well, you know, think the about game it. Or not. Is, is their losses are to Iowa, and, and we have fun at Iowa's expense, but Iowa's been a pretty good football team this year, right? At least in yeah. terms of There's defensively, 
Iowa's eight and two overall this year. The best uh, seventeen points per game out there. <laughs> exactly. Nebraska, they're a middling team. You lost in Nebraska. You lost against Penn State. They beat Maryland though, didn't you, they? You beat Maryland. You beat Minnesota. They lost to Duke when Duke was a top twenty-five team. So, like. I, I have to give Northwestern credit that sure. they have done some really good work up there on the football field. And some last year they didn't win on American soil. Yes, that is correct. And I told you guys that this coach had never coached on the FBS level before. He came over from an FCS school and was going to coach on the FBS level for the first time as a DC. Yeah, and then and because of what happened, uh, he was elevated to head coach. So now he's coaching for the first time as a as a head coach and coaching for the first time in an FBS level, and he wins five games, it's, it's shocking. It's impressive. But by the way, I circle back to the Bears as well. Yeah, the injury report uh, is pretty good news across the board. Uh, Kari Blassen game is back to full participation. He had the concussion issue. Nate Davis was a full participant today. The only player is on the list that is that did not practice is Tremaine Edmonds. Um, he has a knee injury still that he's trying to work through. But Justin, thankfully, is back. He will start on Sunday. Uh, Foreman has an ankle. He was a little bit limited today. Khalil Herbert was listed as limited as well. Jack Sanborn uh, with an ankle was limited. Uh, Terrell Smith, who I believe had mono, right? Yes. Did he have mono? Mm-hmm. He was back to a full participant today. I'd like today, to see so him a little bit. I would as well. Injury report brought to you by Costa Ivoni Personal Injury Lawyers. I think it's what Space talked about as well. And it's worth repeating, um, especially on the offensive line. I like what they're going to be running out there on Sunday against the Lions. You have Braxton Jones back. You got Tevin Jenkins at left guard. You've got Lucas Patrick at center. It is what it is, but you're not going to have to worry as much about the snaps, which is crazy to even have to say in the NFL. Your right guard is back in Nate Davis, and your right tackle is, is out there as well. So mm-hmm. you know, pretty much a full complement of your offensive line. It's go time. Right? Yes, it is. Let's go. Uh, Robert Sala says if Aaron Rodgers says he wants to play, he's going to play. Aaron's a big boy, a grown man, and no one's going to know Aaron's body like Aaron knows his body. If he feels, uh, and if he feels after all the doctors clear him, and I'm sure there will be a million of them, he said, if Aaron says he wants to play, he's going to play. Do you think he's going to come back if they continue to lose, though? No, I don't believe he comes back if there's no chance for them to get into the postseason. I do not believe. Why would you come back if, in fact, you don't have a chance to get into the postseason? Exactly. But he likes to prove people wrong. Well, that's true. And if you're cleared, you're cleared, right? Yeah. We have, we've always talked about that. If you're cleared, you're cleared. Yeah, there are a few exceptions to the rules, and I think Aaron Rodgers is probably one of them. There's no evaluation processes necessary for Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't need any more snaps for us to know how we should feel about him. So if you can't get to the postseason, I don't know why he would risk himself in a game that is meaningless with regard to postseason play. Did we find, like, did you guys see, Tyler, did you see uh, Draymond's response to all the uh, the noise that has occurred after his vicious? Uh, it, was, it was classic Draymond. I have to find it for you. But anyway, did he go on his podcast yet and talk about it? I'm sure he did. Doesn't he do it after every game? Especially after these moments. So describe what happened last night. Last night, I mean, it, 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 it wasn't even a minute gone in the game, was it? There was no points scored. It was 11, uh, 100 seconds, so not, uh, obviously under two minutes had gone by in the contest. Uh, I believe it was Clay Thompson and Jaden McDaniels got you know kind of twisted up, and they started pulling each other's sh- shirts, and it got a little bit it got a little bit uh, crusty out there, and especially for an NBA uh, 
scuffle. And Draymond decided that the best thing to do was to immediately put uh, T-Wolves center Rudy Gobert in a headlock, a vicious headlock, while Rudy was trying to help people out and break up the fight. Draymond Green had jumped him, jumped in, and had evil in his eyes and in his intent, and went full scale trying to choke him out mode. I mean, the more I've seen it, the more I can't believe it. Like, he wasn't just trying to pull Rudy, uh, Rudy Gobert out of the situation. No, no. He was trying to choke him out. Yes, he was. Put him in the sleeper. The look Put on his in... face was was terrifying. What is always say, go to sleep. Yes. Go, go to sleep. Go to sleep. It's crazy. So, I, I mean, look, I thought I was, before I went to bed last night, I was watching some highlights. I was, what the hell is going I, I, on It was here? all over Twitter. Like, as soon as I, because I, I was watching the game, I was getting ready for bed. I'm like, what is this all over with everyone with these screenshots of, and then I, like, watched the fight, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Where is Gobert in this? Gobert's not even in this fight. Yeah. Why am I seeing these still shots of Draymond and Gobert? I'll find what and he had to say, but he was responding as Draymond does. I Gobert does. said, um, and one of the interesting things that he said was that Draymond, he thinks, tries to get thrown out of games where Steph Curry isn't playing. And then someone crunched the numbers. Seven of the last 11 ejections he's had have been games that Steph has not played. He definitely looked like he wanted either to murder Rudy Gobert or he wanted out of the, tonight's competition. Yeah, but now now isn't he going to get suspended for multiple games because of this oh, and no because question. of his history? Yeah, He's been suspended, I think, 17, or he's been kicked out of games, ejected 17 times so, now. So, like, you may not want to play or whatever because of Steph, but this isn't the way to go about it because now you're going to lose paychecks. It's crazy. I'll find it before we get out of here today. Draymond responding to people saying, you know, like us saying, like, well, what the hell are you doing? Didn't he just say, too, on the podcast recently, I read a quote where people are always questioning why Draymond's got to be Draymond. And he's like, it's worked for me for 12 years, you know. And then sure enough, he goes Draymond uh, in this game. And people want to ask, like, why? dude, I understand that, like, this fuels you. But that's a little excessive. It is. It is. Uh, Michigan continues to be unique in in, in their own way. Uh, there's a chance that Michigan gets its 1,000th win as a football program if, in fact, the Wolverines can beat Maryland on the road Saturday, which I think we all expect to happen pretty handily. Right, Tyler, our college football expert? Maryland's been good. But, yes, I would expect that Michigan wins. They're wearing Michigan versus the world T-shirts. I don't think that they'll be flat against Maryland. I think this team is possessed. I don't think when you play in the Big Ten, whether you're Michigan or Ohio State, you can't be flat because one game you lose and it's over. It is, but most of the competition is just awful, isn't it? Yeah. Like the Big Mm -hmm. Ten's horrible this year, aren't they? For the most part, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there is uh, uh, there's a chance that Har- Coach Harbaugh won't be on the sidelines again. He will go to the he will go to the to the, uh, the hearing on Friday. Uh, he's waiting to see whether or not he's going to be able to uh, to participate. But they're saying in Michigan the one the one thousandth win it should be put on Jim Harbaugh's resume, even if he's not on the sideline. So they're fighting right now about who will get credit for well, the one Well, I know you want win. it on his resume. I do. Yeah. You think he should get... I think he should get two wins for it. Well, doesn't the assistant coach get, like, a, a head coaching win for the last game? I think so, but this is the point. Like, they're they're talking up there, 
you know, Sharon Moore, who is the offensive coordinator and the interim head coach, and I definitely want Coach Harbaugh to be the coach when that this all happens, when they win their 1,000th game. So I don't know if Jim's pounding the table and saying, like, this is my win even if I'm not there, but uh, the Michigan football program is definitely interested in making sure that Jim gets his just due. Sean Watson's out for the rest of the season. Sure, uh, shoulder surgery. Um... He finally was playing decent football. The final 30 minutes of that game and that win over the Baltimore Ravens. It surprised me this, this morning when I heard the breaking news of Cap and Jay Hood. They go, we had breaking news. And I was like, what, what could it be this early in the morning? He has got a displaced fracture in his throwing shoulder. An MRI performed uh, today revealed that he had a displaced fracture to the glenoid bone in his right shoulder. He wanted to play, play through it. He was like, shoot me up. But they said if, in fact... You got hit there and got further damage. It could, it could, your your whole shoulder could collapse. Ooh. So they said no, no deal. Uh, T. Higgins is out for tomorrow night's game. Um, ah. We finally got a good Thursday night game, though. We've got Bengals and Ravens. It is a good game. Yeah. And I'm sure we're going to talk about Zach Levine and uh, kind of uh, what his situation yeah, we'll do looks like. Cat, yeah, but he had an interesting response to a question that was asked of him today. And if you're on hold, we'll take your calls with yeah. Barstool Big Cat. Yeah. Uh, okay. We need to take a break. When we come back, we like to do a little something we call Florida or Ohio. That's next. Get ready to play the game that's sweeping the nation: public drunkenness, exotic animals, dumb criminals. Random stabbings. Or maybe just some good old-fashioned debauchery. Ah. Everything's on the table. It's the Sunshine State versus the Buckeye State as we play Florida or Ohio. And as always, listeners, feel free to play along at home. uh, Hey, before we do uh, Florida or Ohio, I'd like to start a trend in uh, bringing you some medical news. I think yesterday we saved a few lives. Um, This one may not save a few lives, but it'll describe why some people out there may be struggling with a certain problem. Global decline in male fertility is linked to common pesticides. So scientists have spent decades trying to untangle puzzling questions over falling sperm concentrations. And a new analysis of 25 studies of pesticides shows a clear connection, researchers say. So if you're a farmer and you're trying to have a kid... Or you're just outside taking care of your lawn and you're trying to have a kid, stay away from the pesticides. Okay? What about what about like us eating stuff? Eat some clean stuff. Yeah, right. Organic. So you Would start that be asking, like organic? Start asking and don't eat pesticides about either. Pesticides if you want to have a baby. Don't eat pesticides. Okay? Just tell me. There's, there's a link between pesticides and male infertility. I'm I would, just here to tell you. I would think so. I think that would wreck a lot of things. Well, sometimes you don't know that you're surrounded by things that have been in contact with pesticides. How about that chicken you just ate? I think that was organic. Okay. Yeah. I think so. Maybe that chicken ate some uh, some uh, something that was filled with pesticides. You got to be careful, man. I'm just here I, to help I, thank you. Thank you. Uh, by the way, Florida or Ohio, I wasn't prepared for that. Brought to you by 19 Crimes Wine. 19 Crimes is unapologetic by nature. Disruptive by design, and they believe obedience gets you nowhere. They also believe to stay away from pesticides. Of course. Check out the wine aisle and start to find the rules today with 19 Crimes. I also heard that if you eat a lot of edamame, it raises estrogen levels. I eat a lot of edamame. As do I. No wonder. As do I. 
Tyler? I love edamame. Big edamame fan as well. Salt the hell out of it, too. What, what, what a great like a beginning of a meal yes. food. Great appetizer. Yes. All right, naked man frolicking in leaves prompts residents to call 911. Well, this That's is uh, Ohio. I mean, yeah. there's no leaves on the ground in Tampa. Yeah. Or is any... Tampa the only place in Florida? Well, palm trees aren't, like, shedding their leaves. Uh, can you imagine the sack issues you'd have if a palm tree leaf, you know, were rolling around in that? I'm going with the odds here. Frolicking in the leaves uh, This is naked? Cleveland. This is totally Cleveland. See, but didn't you as a child used to jump into leaves? Absolutely. And, and we would be, rake them into a giant pile, and then you would jump into them. Sometimes there would be, like, though, something hard underneath there. No, because I raked them into a oh, spot that was on the grass. Didn't. But sometimes there'd be a dead animal in the pile of leaves. What? Yes, you never jumped into a pile of leaves, like on the curb, and there would be a dead animal in we there. We used to take our bikes and jump our bikes in the air and dive off the bikes into the leaves. We thought we were stuntmen back in the day. We did some crazy stuff. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, you and your brother thought you were the Dukes of Hazard. We probably did. I know my brother did with the way he drove the cars we had. This, this is, is definitely Dayton, an Ohio story. Dayton, Ohio. I'm going Cleveland. Do we not? Is, are there no more details? Or do we even want to allow Tyler to tell yeah, the story? Yeah. Me, oh, tell the story. Keep All reading. right. So the uh, there were 911 calls that said I just passed him. I was coming back from the grocery store and I happened to glance over and I've seen a guy. Com- Walking completely naked down the street. Another guy, there's a guy on the sidewalk screaming. He's butt-ass naked. Um, those were the calls sent to the police. By on the way, I, just saw, I saw a, a, a preview for a new show that deals with nude, like nude run-ins with police. Would you call the police? Entire, if, an entire show. If you saw someone on the street naked, would you yes. call the police? Yes. You do? Yes. That's the thing to do? Yes. Call the police. Why would you not What else want would you do? Film? Right. Like, what? Right. I what, don't are you know. taking a picture? I, put no, up a Snapchat with it? Wait, wait, you're going to have one of your show I'm, videos? I wouldn't film it, but I, I, I'm just wondering. Just got out of a big show. We had a lot of good conversation about Justin Fields and being back as their and starting quarterback. And look at this guy. He's and I, naked. I turn left on Clark, and there's a guy running naked. Oh, the, my God. The other day in the Kennedy, there was a guy jogging on the shoulder. Because his car was out oh, of gas. Oh, did you see him, yes. too? Yes. Oh, I just thought he was out for a I run. I saw that. No, like, he was what, running what, back that? to his car. Oh, you saw? Yes. I sent that to you. Yes. Okay, keep going, Tyler. Um, there's. I'm trying to look Is through some more details. Is there any more, more details, details before we all snake agree? jumping in leaves. We all agree naked. that there's no no way yeah. that you're jumping into leaves in Florida. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to roll with the Tweedledee and Tweedledum in there. I'll go Ohio as well. Did Tyler? Did Tyler do the math on this? And say they're all going to go Ohio. And this so is going to be, be very possible. And this is going to be what the kind of leaves are on the flip? ground in Florida? Like I said, if they're palm tree leaves, you're having are some palm snow trees. The only trees in Florida. Well, in no, southern, in southern Florida, this could be northern Florida. It's it's possible. Are they shedding leaves now? Do trees lose their leaves in Florida? Well, the less sunlight causes the trees to lose their leaves. It's not necessarily a cold weather thing. It's more about the proper amount of sunlight they get. So you're telling me that every state loses the leaves on their trees? I don't know. That I'm now. I'm not riding with you. I on told this you I had a, a D in botany. I am. I not, thought botany would be you easy. Didn't take botany. I did. I told <laughs> you. I thought it would be easier 
than taking chemistry or biology at Southern. Unless you're a so botany, botany. Unless you're a botany major, no, what uh, use is because there? Because I that had class? to take a science course. I get it. And I thought botany would be easier because it was about plants. My point to you though is is that is such a waste of your money unless you are going to work in the field of plants. I was just looking for a passing grade. I know. I'm just telling you that that is such a waste of a of a college course. Not for you, for the for the school. Think long, think wrong. Ohio. So we clean sweeping it yeah. then. All right. It took place in Fairfield, Ohio. Of course. Fairfield's outside of Cincinnati, by the way. It is 30 minutes out. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of outside, Barstool Bitcats outside. We'll see if he's willing to do what Waddle wants him to do to start the segment. It's coming up next. Get naked?